Welcome back to Maybe It'll Be Okay, a podcast dedicated to interviewing artists. To stay up to date about all the latest episodes, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Maybe It'll Be Okay Podcast. On this episode, I got to interview pop punk artist Tate Logan about his latest release, Kill Me to Try, and his transition from being in a band to becoming a solo artist. Hey, well, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Of course. Do you want to do a little introduction of who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Tate Logan. I am a pop punk alternative solo artist based in Los Angeles, and I'm just getting started. So I'm in a very, very exciting time of my life right now. Very exciting. We're going to get to your latest single in a second. But I'm curious to find out how did you get your start in music? How did you find your passion for it? Yeah, totally. Um, Let's see. I think that, I mean, I've been, I feel like I have the same story as everybody else. Like I've been playing music for forever. My parents played music in the house when I was a little kid. I started playing in bands in like middle school and high school. But I truly think that the moment that it went from just like, oh, this is a fun hobby to this is something that I want to pursue is when I was in college, I worked at a radio station and I had like my own radio show where I basically just did like alternative music. And I met so many people at this radio station that also played in bands. And it exposed me to this like world of like a local music scene that I had never really seen before because I grew up in a, in a pretty small beach town. And so like rock music did not thrive there. Like I would, you know, we would play in a garage with our friends, but it was never like a, a community in any sense. And when I was in college, it was totally the opposite. There was like a house show every single night for all sorts of different music, whether it was rock or EDM or DJs or metal or whatever, like every single night of the week, you could pull up to somebody's house and there would be a band playing. And that was just so inspiring to me. Like I was obsessed with being a part of that, even though I wasn't really in a band at the moment. But then I started playing drums in bands for a while, which I'm a terrible drummer. I don't know why I even <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I have to be like honest and say that's where I started because the, the, the truth is nobody needed a singer or a guitar player at the mm -hmm. time. Like there was plenty of those. They needed somebody to drum. And I straight up lied. I was like, I can play the drums. Can I join your band? And they're like, totally. And I had never <laughs> played drums before. Um, <laughs> but then I started like getting better at it, I guess. But I, I really loved writing music. And so even though I was a drummer, I was sort of like writing all the songs for the for the bands that I was in. And then I quickly was like, okay, I can do this. Like I can I can have a little <laughs> bit of confidence and maybe maybe try to like front a band and like sing and play guitar. And that's when I started the band that I was in for a few years called Happy. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool because um, my senior year of college, we signed a record deal. We started touring the United States and Canada and everything. And it was just the craziest thing like I never like of course I wanted that but I never thought mm -hmm. that it would actually happen and so and so quickly after, right say that again and oh, so yeah, quickly. quickly yeah yeah it was weird like I said I had played drums and guitar and like in bands for five or six years and then within the first six months of starting my own band that I was singing in we got signed and I was like I don't know if I can swear on your podcast but I was like you totally cow, can like Okay, I was like, holy, holy shit, like, this is crazy. Like, why have I not been doing this the whole time? Which is kind of funny, because that's kind of what led me to doing solo stuff. And don't get me wrong, like, the, the years that I spent in the band Happy, I will cherish for the rest of my life. And I would never mm -hmm. change that situation for anything. 
But um, when the pandemic started, a lot of the guys in my band decided that they wanted to settle down because it was like, we don't know if touring will happen again. Like Mm -hmm. we were kind of just in this like weird in between and my guitarist bought a house. Our drummer got like had a kid. Like it was like, oh, wow, you know, and, and of course, that's wonderful and beautiful. And I want those things eventually. But I, on the other hand, was like, I'm not anywhere near finished pursuing yeah. music. So I've kind of made this a super long winded answer. But anyways, yeah. I moved I moved to yeah. L.A. and I was like, I'm going to start doing music by myself. And um, it's been fantastic I don't know it's given me a lot of freedom which has been really cool I didn't I never intended to be a solo artist I always loved collaboration but I learned Mm -hmm. that you can be a solo artist and still collaborate just in different ways which is really really cool no that's so awesome I'm curious to find out so I know you're from a small town did you go to any rock shows growing up or did you was that all (laughs) through like the internet and you would just hear it through different ways no I went to hundreds of shows from the time that I was like 12 (laughs) to like now honestly Mm -hmm. but I had the best parents ever like my mother drove me to Warp Tour every single summer (laughs) and like it's funny so like yeah yeah, I grew up in a town called Beaufort in South Carolina Mm -hmm. super small town everybody like surfs it's like Jimmy Buffett and country music which I'm not shitting on at all like that was my upbringing and I'm proud of that but like I said there was no community for rock music so Mm -hmm. I would beg my mom I'd be like please take me to Warped Tour (laughs) and the closest places that anyone ever played was like Charlotte or Atlanta which is about four and a half hours from Mm -hmm. where I lived so So it was a yeah it was a big ask like we'd have to get a hotel and stuff and but my mom I mean she just knew how much that I, I loved music like it was more it was always more than just like a hobby. Like I would literally like cry and beg at like 13 years old. And so, yeah, I mean, she took me to see, like I said, I went to every warp tour. She took me to see the main and all time low and Mayday parade and Brio three. And like, I just, any, any band that was any worth being cool at all in like 2006 to 2000. 14 probably my mom drove me and then when I got a license dude she was so happy she was like no never (laughs) ask me again (laughs) yeah so yeah I was always involved you know like religiously reading alternative press and rock sound and I mean this is back when and I don't know if people still do this but I would literally like wait by my mailbox for alt press to like the physical magazine to come and you just got featured recently (laughs) yeah they wrote about my single which is it's crazy man like that yeah weird full circle moment for sure it makes it all worth it it's like wow you know you have like ups and downs making music Mm -hmm. like some days feel you feel like you're on top of the world other days you feel like total shit and it's moments like that where I'm like you know what 15 year old me would freak the hell out about this and like that's (laughs) how I know I'm I'm, if I can make like younger me proud then I'm Mm -hmm. I'm good that that's all I need truly one of my questions is how do you care take care of your mental health that's something I love asking artists yeah. because it is such a difficult career where everything is super mm-hmm. unstable. So how how do you take care of yourself? What are some things that you do personally? No, that's a really great question. I mean, I'm a big proponent of mental health. Like, I'll just be really candid. Um, I struggle from bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm medicated. I take, I take a mood stabilizer every day. I have to. I've done that for years. I've also struggled with depression. I'm on an antidepressant. And like, just to be honest, but I feel like it's better to to be honest and talk about this sort of stuff than like, oh, I'm sad, but I figured it out. I mean, everybody navigates yeah. it differently and whatever works for each individual person is obviously wonderful. But yeah. for me, I mean, I have, I when I was in college, 
I lost my best friend to suicide. And that was the first time that I ever went to therapy. Like the college made me, they were like, you have to do a year of therapy. Yeah. And, and I hadn't, I had never thought to do that before. I was like weird about it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about sharing my, you know, the way that anyone might have hesitancy about going to a therapist, but like that woman changed my life. Like I literally, I ended up going longer than I was like required to, because I really, really enjoyed it. And it, helped me realize that maybe I am someone that needs to take a medication daily and truthfully like and that doesn't mean that I don't still have bad days I absolutely do it just um it's it really really helped me I mean it's weird like when you're in a a low place the easiest way to explain it is like everything you perceive feels gray you know and like when I started taking the antidepressant like one day I woke up and I was like oh my god like the sun is out and I can like feel the grass and like, Mm -hmm. it's just weird little tiny things like that. So um, I am definitely someone that like, I personally recommend therapy. I don't think that everybody needs, you know, to take pills. If that's for you. Awesome. If not, that's cool too. It certainly helped me and I am grateful for it every day, but I'm somebody that um, I think that, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to say that you need help, but then when you get help, it can like literally change your life completely so I yeah wonderful wonderful things in therapy and everything I guess to answer your question more like directly about music it is weird because you know I think that anyone and everyone can possibly struggle for mental health issues and then you add social media and like being in somewhat of a spotlight and having your like most vulnerable feelings on Mm -hmm. the line amplifies that by a thousand because it's like okay I I'm already nervous in my normal life. And now I'm putting my emotions just out there for people yeah. on TikTok to be like, this sucks or whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I have to, um, my mom is actually really good at being like, it's way more important what the real people in your life feel. So like, even when I have a bad day or people are mean on the internet or like, I don't think my song's getting enough streams or like whatever crazy, you know, minute little things that could make me mm-hmm. upset. Like at the end of the day, I have a beautiful fiance. I've got two awesome dogs. I have a family that supports me. So it's like, I'm lucky that I can come home to something that is, is real and safe. And, you know, and then, you know, you never know, you might wake up the next day and people are being really nice on the internet. So it's just, um, but it does mess with your head. Like that is a hundred percent real. I think for anyone making not only music, but just any sort of art in general, just because it's so personal. And I feel like it's a lot harder now with social media because before, like, you just release music and you don't really have to think about, like, what people are saying besides, like, critics. Yeah. You know, right, like, you totally. have to hear the comments, but now it's so personal <laughs> yeah. and it's so, like, you wake up at, like, 8 a.m. and you're getting all these comments on your phone. So it's a lot harder. No, it's it's true. And I think it's weird, too. Like, um, a lot of times people don't realize that, like, I mean, and I have this much success compared to other people. I mean, it's all relative anyway, but I think that anybody that has any sort of platform, I think that people that say those mean things don't realize that like you're a real person too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's very easy to be like, oh, your hair is stupid or your music sucks. You're like, whatever. And it's like, there is someone, even Beyonce can read those comments. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I think that, and that's why I try really hard to, at least for me personally, if even if I think that a song is the worst song in the world, I just won't say anything at all. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think it's better to just like amplify the stuff that you do like. And then if you don't like it, just instead of 
thinking something is bad. I think it's just not for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's somebody out there that's going to like it. So I think that that's like relative to, to all I really artists. like that YouTube removed like the amount of dislikes that you get on a video. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> it's awesome. You can still dislike a video, but it won't show yeah. how many people disliked it, which is so, so great. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. So the haters, awesome. the haters yeah, are being good, silent. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Twitter just announced like a dislike button. So that's hilarious. <laughs> off of, Twitter's the one place that shouldn't have a dislike button. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the platforms. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I was wondering, how do you channel those emotions into your songs? Do you just write music every day or do you particularly write music when you're just going to the studio what is that process um, like oh gosh I think it goes it goes back and forth I definitely try to sit down and flesh out just a couple of ideas at least a couple of times a week just to keep my like creative brain flowing but I mean some of the stuff is just bad you know but that's <laughs> it well because I think that it's different when you're gearing up to go record. I mm -hmm. think that that's kind of a moment where I'll sit down and be like, okay, this is like 50 ideas that I've written over the last month or two or whatever, which mm -hmm. ones are good. And then I'll take those ideas and then like focus more in on them. But sometimes I'll just sit down and be like, I just need to like stretch my creative muscles and I'll write a song about like getting abducted by aliens or like something that doesn't even make any sense. But at the yeah, end of yeah. it, I'm like, I might not use these lyrics, but like this guitar part's kind of cool or this melody is kind of cool. And so I honestly just like have probably 1500 voice notes in my phone of just like <laughs> different ideas. But again, it's not like I'm sitting down cranking on a banger every day. That is not the truth. <laughs> like yeah. it's, um, yeah. but, um, but no, when you, when I am in the studio, it's definitely a more like focused environment. And so it's like, okay, let's, let's focus on the stuff that, that is good. But I mean, yeah, I try to write all of the time, sometimes like outside of the normal genre, even though like I don't I don't make pop music, but sometimes mm -hmm. I'll be like, I just feel like playing around with these beats or whatever, just because that might inspire me to do something else later. But when it comes to like lyrics and stuff, I've always found it the easiest to just like, I mean, this sounds kind of cliche, but just to be like straight up honest, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, though, like if I do hit like a rut with like stuff that's happened in my life like for example in pop punk it's super popular to write like angry breakup songs and yeah. I have been I've been in a really happy relationship for years and years and years and years so it's like instead of just making something up I will mm -hmm. take like a story from a friend like my little brother I wrote a song about a relationship that he was in or that he told me about or like a friend and their experience because it's like if I hear a cool story or something that resonates with me I'm like even though that didn't happen to me mm. I still really love the concept and the idea and it's like it emotionally connected to me when you told it to me so I'm gonna take that and and write a song about it so yeah sometimes it's personal experience sometimes it's like experiences from friends or family and stuff and for uh kill me to try I'm sure that was your personal experience <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah well uh, what's so funny about that is that um I had wanted to move to LA I mean forever I think mm -hmm. that at any point in everybody's life like even if it's just a sliver of a second they're like I think living in LA could be cool and I wanted I really wanted to do it but then you know obviously the pandemic was weird and I was like I don't want to move in the middle of this or whatever but mm -hmm. I um I got to work with 
Matt Squire for the first time, who is a hero of mine. I won't go off on like a super long tangent about that, but I mean, he's worked with everyone from like Ariana Grande to Panic at the Disco. Like he's just a producer that I have like just super talented yeah yeah I like it, it was an honor to get to work with him and the way that the scheduling worked out because he's a busy man so the day that he was available <laughs> is when I had to be ready to go you know mm-hmm. and um, it ended up being literally like 48 hours before we had to move out of our apartment <laughs> and drive oh the budget truck so we had packed up everything like there was mm-hmm. not a stitch of furniture in our apartment our like all the the nightstands, the the couches, the bed, all packed up, and the only thing in the entire house was like my mic stand and my laptop and my guitar. And so <laughs> we recorded this song, literally like the day before we drove the U-Haul across the country. And so the lyrics were just like, I was like, this is so where I'm at right now. Like, and it it just it just happened really really naturally. And luckily, I got to write some of the song with um this lovely man named Andy Tongren. He's worked with like. Halsey in the 1975, an incredibly talented guy. And he and I and Matt, the three of us, like kind of co-wrote the song together, which kind of goes back to what I was saying about being a solo artist doesn't necessarily mean you're You're by yourself all of the time. Yeah. And it was cool because like, you know, we all like I had this little idea and then Andy was like, oh, what if we tried this? And Matt was like, what if we tried that? And it, it was just really, really cool because it helped me bring this little idea that I had into this like really awesome fruition that I probably wouldn't have been able to do without the two of them so it was it was cool for them to help me like hone my sound especially on the first the first song I released like as just me so that was cool but yeah so that's why the song is about like packing your shit and moving to LA and starting over because it was happening to me the next morning so it just felt easy and natural I guess what a great sign though that you should be (laughs) right yeah if anything yeah yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, how do you feel like the writing process was different now that you're a solo artist versus when you were in a band? Totally. So when I was in Happy, um, the way that we would write songs is I would like sit down on an acoustic guitar and pretty much write the, the structure of it, like, mm-hmm. you know, four chords. I would write the melody, the lyrics, the the whole thing. And then but but there definitely needs to be a transformation between just an acoustic song and a full band song so I would take it back to the band and they'd be like okay cool we like this or we or we don't and if they did like it then you know Caleb would come up with drums John would come up with a lead guitar part Sean on the bass and everything and then by the end of it we had this like fully structured thing but what's cool about being a solo artist is like I, I can play guitar I can play drums so a lot of that kind of happens it's just like a little bit extra work because now I'm having to come up with the other parts. But at the same time, it's slightly more freeing because if I think an idea is good, I'm the only person that matters. You know what I mean? So it's not <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, I don't have anybody else being like, no, 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 no. We don't like that guitar part. I'm like, ha, it's just me, um, which has been weird, but fun and exciting. And so it's not that much different just because I was primarily doing a lot of the writing in the Mm -hmm. band. Um, So now it's just kind of like, instead of taking it to a band, I take it to my producer and I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is the the demo that I have. What do you think about it? And sometimes he'll be like, okay, cool. It's perfect how it is. Or he'll be like, I want to add this other lead guitar part Mm -hmm. or something. And and then it's really cool because I'm still getting that like circulation of, of new ideas from like somebody else's head. But at the end of the day, it's still like, my art and I still have control mm-hmm. which is which is cool and, and exciting so yeah not not too much different just like I said a, a little bit more freedom to like experiment and stuff which is cool 
I loved your music video for it. I thought it was so perfect, especially (laughs) because you did move to LA and you chose Hollywood Boulevard as the place to film it, which is the most LA thing, LA place (laughs) to even pick. What was that like? I know I saw that you had like a little bit of an issue filming there. Yeah, well, it was really funny because like, I mean, I'm a pretty, I'm an extrovert. I'm very outgoing. I I don't have a lot of like shame or get embarrassed Mm -hmm. easily. But that being said, showing up to Hollywood in the middle of the day <laughs> to be followed around with a camera freaked me the hell out. I was like, oh yeah. no, I'm so <laughs> nervous right now. But it was kind of funny though. Like I, I got really freaked out when we first got there, but then I realized like, this is Hollywood. People do this shit all of the time. Like I am not special because I'm filming something in the streets. Like we literally yeah. show up and there was an entire like modeling photo shoot happening like 20 feet from where we got yeah. out of the car so I was like oh we're fine <laughs> like but um but yeah it was weird because like there are some places that have like permits and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I was just trying to play my guitar on the street and, and these people came out and they were like no sir you gotta go you cannot be here they were like you can move literally right down there and you'll be fine I was like sick all right let's yeah. go <laughs> um so yeah navigating that was sort of hilarious but yeah it was the first time like every other time I've filmed music videos for bands and stuff it's been like on a closed set like either Mm -hmm. we've rented an Airbnb or we've rented out like we did a video on a Chuck E. Cheese one time we rented out the Chuck E. Cheese so with this idea and wanting it like I wanted there to be other people I wanted it to feel like this very like urban you know I mean like Hollywood and so it was like okay this is the first time I've ever filmed in front of people that aren't just the director and the cameraman and that sort of thing so it was definitely nerve-wracking but I think that now I've got that under my belt so the next time it'll be way way easier but I mean Alex the director was incredible he made me feel very comfortable he's been doing this a long time and has worked with a lot of bands that I also admire so he was like you got this man like you, you're fine you, you look cool you're fine I was like okay sick <laughs> was there anything in the video that you didn't plan for yeah so actually um the couple that we go that I like mm-hmm. walk up to in the video we had kind of wanted to do something like that. Like the idea was for me to like pass a girl on the street and try to like get her a number or something and for her to blow me off. But then the girl that was supposed to um, act in the video ended up like last minute, something happened and she couldn't do it. We were like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like we'll just do something else. And then we passed this beautiful couple. Like they were a real couple in real life. We, I did not know them five minutes before we asked them to do yeah. this. And like, they just looked cool. I liked their outfits. I liked their vibe. And I was like, hey, listen, can I borrow you for like five minutes? Like we literally did it in two takes and it was, it was great. I was like, here's the idea. I'm going to come up and hit on your girlfriend and you're going to be mad about it. He was like, okay, man, that's awesome. So um, super nice. But yeah, that was really unexpected because it was like a last minute thing, but it ended up in the video. Like we didn't know if the take would work or not. And then when Alex played it back, I was like, I love this. It's hilarious. So, oh, it's so funny. that was, it's so they're great. just real genuine people. And they were really excited because gosh, if they see this, I, I can't, I think, I want to say they said they were from like Chicago, but they were literally just here in LA for like a couple of days. And they were like, this is so cool. We get to be in a music video. And I was like, <laughs> they got the full so, LA experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so glad you feel that way. And you're not like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? So that was, that was really cool. They, they killed it. Um, and then the rest of it we filmed like the beginning scene that's like my actual house like that's where that, I sleep in that bed every night and we were gonna get a motel room instead and then the director came over and he was like this is cool like your yeah. your actual house is kind of sick I was like okay cool well, then let's let's do it so it was definitely um we shot it all in one day 
but it was it was a lot of fun. I had a blast. I almost got hit by a car walking down the street in my neighborhood, though, which was kind of funny. Um, not like almost, but we did have to. We were trying to do it like all in one take, and we kept yeah. having to stop because they would be like, dur, dur, like get out of the street. I was like, I'm sorry. Don't you know we're filming a video? It's for the video. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm really glad I didn't end up with like a broken leg halfway through the video. Um, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good I, time for sure. I saw in your TikTok, and I love this comparison. And I know that you said you wouldn't elaborate on it, but your comparison of the song to Broad City was just so <laughs> my spot favorite on. show it's so I, good it's one of my favorites too oh I love that. it is definitely like my comfort show like just because when I even though I mean I've been to New York several times but I've never lived there but mm -hmm. just the way like being in your early 20s and having no idea what the hell you're doing and just trying to navigate every single day in a different way felt so related relatable to me when I was watching that in the beginning like and I think that that's my favorite part of the show is I can't decide if I'm more like Abby or if I'm more like Alana. So, but yeah, I mean, anytime I'm sad or having a bad day or just doing like dishes and want something on in the background, I always put on Broad City. And yeah, it's just one of my favorite shows. I think it's fantastic. It's just a stupid comedy, but it's so much more than that to me. Like it's truly so well-written. I, lo I love that show. It's such a good re reflection of our generation specifically. Like Yes, exactly. It's awesome. Um, and, but I also love that at the same time, you're such a horror fan too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing a Nightmare on Elm Street shirt exactly. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we're ever going to get like a horror based song or like anything inspired yeah. by films? Yes, probably. It's interesting. Like I, um, I kind of go back and forth on that because like horror movies are kind of like my escape from the world of, mm -hmm. of music. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong music's the greatest thing on the planet but sometimes it can be stressful and I'm like I just have to like step away and do something different and mm -hmm. the thing that I love the most right second to music is horror movies and I played around with it a little bit when I was in happy like we we had a song where the music video we did kind of like a like a scooby-doo mixed with scream sort of situation mm -hmm. like we're at like a cabin and there's like a killer chasing us around it's very like pg rated it's not like gruesome in any fashion but I definitely like I, I would like to try that again in a different way just because I am so inspired by horror and stuff like I think I don't know it's it's so interesting to me and I can't really describe why but if I could figure out a way to like kind of loop those things together I think that would be really cool I do I will say that like if you listen to my catalog of, of music that I've put out like in the past with the band and stuff there's a lot of like little easter eggs that that nod to movies like the shining or like psycho or like i mean i've got those both tattooed mm -hmm. on me like i'm obsessed with horror movies <laughs> i just seem to find i think that's cool that you asked because i haven't really thought about it in like a in a tangible way more in just kind of just because i think that the music that i make is so upbeat that if mm -hmm. i were to be like here's a slasher thing around it that it might not jive but maybe that's cool yeah. maybe that's original so I I'll, I'll definitely mess with that I personally would love to see your twist on that because I think it'd be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it could, like it's going to be like super scary, but I think it'd be something really fun. Kind of like I, yeah. I love Ice Nine Kills, like kind of like you yes. know, they they yes. do like a fun yes. version of it. No, totally. Where it doesn't I've have to be live. depressing. No, you're super right. I've seen them live a few times, and every time I'm like, this is right <laughs> up my alley. <laughs> like yeah. that's so cool. Spencer's a genius. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I would love to do that. Maybe I can take some pointers for them because they, they absolutely kill that shit.
Yeah, no pun intended. You've been so great on TikTok. And my question is, what oh, advice thanks. would you have for artists who are looking to kind of grow their social media and find a platform and make one for themselves? Yeah, totally. Um, what's really funny is like, I kind of honestly got on the TikTok trend a little bit late. Like I started in 2021. So about a year ago, it was my New Year's resolution was to post on TikTok every day. So I made a TikTok, had zero followers, had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, I'm just going to get on here and talk about movies and, and music and stuff. And, and I think that that's the weirdest part is that like when you first look at TikTok, it feels very debilitating mm -hmm. because it, it's like this weird market of like what works and what doesn't. I have no idea. And I kind of I think that it's almost better that I went into it without having any sort of like preconceived notion of what would work and what wouldn't because mm -hmm. I just honestly just posted what I want wanted to and it, it weirdly just started to click and I think that that is like the best bit of advice that I could give like I think like some bands that I talk to or artists that, that don't really get on TikTok so like oh am I gonna have to dance or am I gonna have to do whatever and I'm like no there is a audience for whatever you want like you could yeah. literally hand make candles and there's people out there that want to see <laughs> yeah. that you know so I think that it's it's a really cool world of exposure like I my favorite thing about TikTok is that you can grow it so fast like I've been on Twitter for basically a decade mm -hmm. and I I have you know it's just so much harder to grow on those platforms I think because you're kind of just hitting the audience that you already have and unless you have yeah. like a tweet that goes viral which is very rare or whatever it, it's more difficult but on TikTok like you never know you could literally post a clip of your song or, or anything and you could have a hundred thousand views the next morning and it's mm -hmm. like oh my god like you've been exposed to so many so many people and I think that that's really cool I also think that TikTok is more of a like accepting community just because it's so versatile and mm -hmm. what's you know like everybody's for you page looks different and I think that that's pretty cool. Like I get on there and it's everything from like true crime to like skateboarding videos mm -hmm. to like, but then my fiance next to me, it's like all dogs and cooking. And I'm like, <laughs> that's so, that's so crazy. You know, I was so, gonna actually say you have so many dogs in your videos. <laughs> Who are these dogs? Are these all of yours? No, no, no. I have two dogs, but okay. I, I love dogs and I walk dogs in the morning for other people sometimes. So, so I, sweet. um, yeah, I just, I've always really loved animals. <laughs> I've worked at like um, shelters and stuff mm -hmm. when I was in school and just living out here in LA, you know, there's not a lot of, it's a lot of like urban apartments and stuff. And mm -hmm. so there's a couple of people that I know that are like, will you hang out with my dog in the morning? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. So sometimes I've got like five or six dogs in my car just hanging out and I take them on hikes. Like I go and drive uh -huh. up the canyons and I just let them run like, and uh, so yeah, it's, it's not, it's like therapeutic for me, honestly, to get to hang out with dogs in the morning. I, I really love it. That's so cute. At my school, they used to bring in puppies during like finals week. Yeah. Dogs <laughs> are the best therapy, honestly. Oh, totally. Yeah. No kidding. If ever I'm having a bad day, I'm like, hey, at least in the morning, I get to see a dog or two, which is, which is cool. <laughs> That's motivation enough. <laughs> hey, and they like my music. They can't say they don't. So like... I <laughs> I'm going with the fact that they love it, and I'll swear by that. <laughs> Probably your biggest fans, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have no choice. <laughs> you should make hilarious. like band t-shirts for them. <laughs> yeah. Those would be so cute. 
Um, I'm gonna be on, I'm just gonna have them barking like on the track. Like here's a feature <laughs> from the the dogs in my car. That's really funny. I know Billie Eilish has like random uh, voice recordings on her song. So hey, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's got a, oh, a bunch man. of Grammys for that. So it might work. That right? Might be hey, yeah. No kidding. I need to, I need to put more <laughs> thought into this. That's a good idea. <laughs> I know that you're very, like, something that stands out on your social media is LGBTQIA um, activism, and I wanted to ask, what does that personally mean to you? Yeah, totally. Um, So I'm trans. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some people know that, some people don't. It's not something that I'm, like, ashamed of, obviously. It's my identity. I just, um, like, I, I talk about it when I'm asked about it, and I talk about it when it feels relevant to you know, like a statement that I'm trying to make or a difference or a charity or something. But Mm -hmm. I just, um, I think the easiest way to explain it is like, I am, I'm an artist first. I'm a musician first. I am all of the other things in my personality first. And I, it really bothers me that when um, any sort of like minority group, whether it's like black musicians or gay musicians or trans musicians, when they put out music and it's like, the first thing that they get asked is about their gender identity or their sexuality or the color of their skin. And it's like, yes, those things are important to be discussed when those individuals want to discuss it. But I don't think that it should be the like overarching thing at the end of the day. It's like the music and the art is what's the most important. And the rest of it is just what builds the story and and the uniqueness about the artist. So for me, like, I don't want to be that, that trans guy, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that, it diminishes the other things that I do. And and this goes for anyone. So like, I think that it's really important, at least to me, to be open and honest about it, because there are so many people out there that that need someone to look up to, whether that's me or that's someone else. I just know when I was growing up as a kid, I didn't know anyone. I mean, yes, there was like, certainly gay artists and then the the gay community was was Mm -hmm. wonderful but as far as like specifically a trans person making pop punk I mean there's Laura Jane Grace which she's incredible but I was a trans guy and I had no one you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I felt like I was like do I even belong in this in this scene at all like is there a place for me to exist within this community and I just realized that like fuck it like I'll make a place for me you know what I mean and I think that and I honestly, when I first started Happy, I was scared. I was still new. I had kind of just came out and I was nervous about it. And I was afraid I was going to get hate from people on the internet that like, now I don't care about. But early on, you know, that was like really detrimental to my mental health and it made me yeah. upset. And so I kind of, I didn't really talk about it as much. But the first time we did a full US tour, I had a mother, like a, one of the fans come up to me. I think that her her child was maybe 14 or 15 and the mom came up to me after the show and she was like, I just want to let you know, like, you know, my, my son is trans and being able to see like someone like him be able to like make music and be on stage and do this sort of thing and tour the country, like gives me hope for what his life will be like. And that completely changed my entire perspective. I was like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about this now because yes, people might be mean to me. They might say rude shit or whatever, but what's more important, trying to avoid that or maybe changing somebody's life? Like that is way more important to me. And so, and I've honestly found that like the more confident I am about it and the more that I just like, don't let people give me shit for it, Mm -hmm. the less it happens, honestly. And so um, like, I think that that's like the best advice that I can give to anyone struggling with their sexuality or their gender identity or anything like that. It's like just 
go in brave, enter the room strong, and people will respect that if you don't give them a choice. So I, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey and it will always be an interesting journey. Like it's not going to just stop one day. Like this is who I am. And hopefully, you know, things will get easier and it will become more normal. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep making music and keep being honest about it and hope that that reaches some kid somewhere that may not know anyone like themselves. So that's, that's the goal in, in my camp over here. <laughs> no, it's been awesome. Cause I'm queer too. And I, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, it, it's, it's been awesome to see the shift that's been happening in the music industry, but it also sometimes upsets me because it's become such a corporate thing now where it's like pride month. <laughs> We're yeah, gonna... No, totally. Yeah. Well, and so I feel like, that way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to agree with that. It's kind of, it's tricky because it's like, of course, just as a musician, I want to have good press. I want to be signed to a label. I want to do these things or whatever, but I don't want to be like the trans kid that they can yeah. check that box with. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that that's also been something that I've had to to navigate. Like, I just want to shout out my manager real quick, Mark Woodbridge. He is someone that has been with me for the last several years along mm -hmm. with the ride. And like, I kind of, I compare the way that he treats me to everybody else. Like, I'm like, are they going to be like Mark? Because Mark is yeah. someone that he trusts my vision. He completely believes in me. He respects all of my boundaries with everything. And it's just like, I like, he's kind of like set the bar for what I would hope to expect from anyone else that I work with in the industry. It is weird to sort of have to navigate just exactly what you said, like try to avoid the like old white dudes in suits using yeah. it to make a buck and, and people that genuinely want to like make change and and sign or work with artists that are different in any capacity not just being trans in any way so that is something that weirdly you and i and all the other queer people have to just figure out on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. which is just another level of the music industry <laughs> like, and so i know I things are going to change totally. and yeah and i, I know mean, things are going to change for the better and i think it's oh, of course. Speak, speaking up about these things is super important, but yeah, 100% agree that for us not to become a commodity for them as well. So it's that fine line, no, totally. that balance and you're right. that needs I, to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that every single day we make big strides towards, you know, one day we'll wake up and it'll just be like a normal thing. And I think that that's really, I mean, even just in my lifetime, like, I mean, you too, we can remember before marriage equality was a thing like that blows my mind. Yeah. It, like I had to look it up the other day. It was 2015. <laughs> That's insanity to me. Like, so when I, I think about like just how far we've come just in the last five years or seven years or whatever, like it, it, it is inspiring to see that like our generation and the generation that's younger than us is working actively every day to make it uh, just a safer world for people like us. So it is very beautiful. I, I completely agree. Kind of shifting gears, what are you looking forward to the rest of the year? Do you have anything that you're going to work on that maybe you can tell us about? Sneak yeah, totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes and no. It's weird because like, let me see what I can say. I'm I'm working. I have songs in the bag already that mm -hmm. are recorded, done, ready to go. I'm actually tracking vocals to a brand new song with my producer tomorrow that I'm really excited about. Um, eventually, there will be an EP. I think that's really all I can say at the moment. Mm -hmm. But my goal is to start playing shows by summer. I'm really excited to do live stuff again. I mean, 
like I've been in a transitional period in music, but also just my music has also been kind of up in the air. So, Mm -hmm. right. And I think that like, since I've been in LA, I've gone to a few shows, it's starting to become more normal. Like the protocol is getting better about, you know, just like safety and everything, which is making me feel better that like by the time that I'm ready to play shows, I think it'll be even safer to play shows, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I will, there will definitely be more, more music, more visuals, possibly a collection of songs at some point. I'm trying to be careful about what I say, but yeah, I, um, the, the, the ride has just begun and it's going up, which is very exciting. I'm collaborating. I'm going to drop, um, a, a cover with a band that I have loved my whole life that I'm very excited about. I don't think I can say who it is, but mm-hmm. that will be happening soon, which I'm excited about. So yeah, lots of really cool stuff in the works. I, I'm thrilled to just be like back on the ride of doing things. Music starts is starting to feel more normal again, which is very exciting. Where can people follow you to keep up to date with what you're yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, no, this is so sick. I have like a website now, which is so mm-hmm. crazy because like, what's funny about it? Like back when I was consuming music on MySpace or whatever, when I was a little kid or in middle school and stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, websites were cool. And then they kind of like went out for a minute. But now it's like, there's so many platforms like, yeah, I, I, like my username is the same, but it's like, mm-hmm. how do people find you on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or Tumblr or Facebook or like whatever. Mm-hmm. But now easy, easy peasy. If you go to tatelogan.com, <laughs> it is all there. <laughs> like, so it's nice to have it all in one spot. Um, so yeah, just tatelogan.com. You can find me on all streaming platforms, all social media platforms. I'm pretty active on everything. I am a product of the internet. I grew up on the internet. So um, I've got it all for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Well, everyone has to go check that out. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really <laughs> appreciate it. And we're, I'm so excited to see everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. It's really cool. Like this means just as much to me, like as it does to you. Like I, you know, we like artists make music, but that doesn't necessarily mean anybody cares, you know? So it's, it's really, really special and humbling to get to talk about the stuff that I'm doing. So thank you so much for having me on your podcast. <laughs>